Welcome to the Social Selling for Newbies podcast. Social has changed the B2B and professional sales landscape forever. Capturing and keeping buyer attention has never been more challenging. We are here to help you discover new strategies and stay up to date with all things social for consistent revenue generation and to stay a step ahead of the competition. Whether you are a sales or marketing professional, sales leader, or a member of the C-suite looking for answers, Social Selling for Newbies is the place to discover these answers. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Burton, Carson Hetty, and Brandon Lee. All right, good afternoon or evening, everybody, and um, welcome everybody on the podcast as well. Just as a reminder, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, we record live on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and and so uh, we take the recording, we edit it, and it's there for your podcast pleasure. So uh, welcome, everybody. And today, uh, we're, this, you're our first repeat guest, Alex. <laughs> Thank I got, you. Uh, Al, uh, we've got Alex Lowe with us, who is the, uh, he's the founder. And uh, I mean, you, you have a title of director, right, at Beyond Sales. And beyond that, though, Alex is one of my gurus in social selling, somebody that I've followed a long time ago and watched what he did and learned from him. And so I always love having Alex on and, and having conversations with him. So Alex, welcome to Social Selling for Newbies. Thank you. I look forward to the three P. Three P will happen for sure. I know. Well, um, so everybody, it's uh, we're recording this on December 14th of 2022. Whenever you're listening to this, but uh, as we're coming to the end of the year and there's so many variables happening in the world right now. And, and I heard somebody title it as the uh, economic winter that we're approaching with inflation and um, budgets being cut and changes happening in companies. Um, I have seen, and Alex, I don't know about you, but I've seen more interest in virtual selling, digital selling, inside selling, social selling, whatever term people want to use. Um, I've seen a lot more interest in that. So today's episode is what, you know, what should you start doing in social selling or how do you start social selling moving into the new year? So Alex and I are going to talk about some of the basics, but I also want to cast vision of what the bigger holistic picture around a digital selling uh, playbook could look like for teams and for individuals. So Alex, that sound good to you? <clears throat> Sounds good. And interestingly, I've seen a bunch of stats come through recently on, on social because um, it's that time of year where everybody's putting up their, their predictions of what's going. It makes for, for interesting reading, but we can certainly start with the basics and then uh, see, see, see where this takes us. You got it. Well, let me just welcome everybody that is on the live. Um, please pop in the comments. Uh, let us know who you are, where, where you're from, where you're listening and watching. And if you have questions, we, we want your questions. Uh, we're, we try to answer them uh, while we're here. And if we miss it, we'll, we'll answer it at some point. So, well, Alex, let's, let me just go back to one of the basics on, on the sales playbook. Um, there's lots of different types of playbooks. There's uh, lots of people that are looking at, do we do something different? Do we get, a, you know, do we move away from or include other things outside of our typical KPIs? If, if I was a sales leader and I came to you today and said, Alex, what should we be thinking about moving into 2023? 
where would you start that conversation and where, where are the key conversation points to have in that? <clears throat> For me, and you, I mean, to reflect on your point around, you know, are we, and are we heading into some economic headwinds or we already are in economic headwinds and what that might bring um, with it? And then off the back of the Edelman LinkedIn B2B thought leadership report, which was published, I believe, five, six days ago. Mm-hmm. Where they surveyed, I think it was. I'm going to get this right. Either two and a half thousand, I think it was three and a half thousand um, senior senior leaders across multiple organisations of multiple sizes. A lot of which was talking to if you're a nice to have technology platform, you need to be up in your um, your game versus the must have technology platforms. One stat that really stood out to me was ninety percent of those surveys said that a referral would be the most um, effective route to starting a sales conversation so if we Mm. believe that to be true for me going into 2023 it has to be how are you leveraging um what some refer to as your relationship capital so the network that your organization have this isn't just your salespeople. this is every single person from the ceo to the to the janitor and everybody in between every single person has a network so how are you leveraging that and what technologies are you using to help get one more referral so if we think if every single one of your employees could generate one more genuine referral opportunity for your sales team times that by your average order value that is additive pipeline to whatever your outbound reach may well um, may well be so that for me is where i believe that people need to start focusing and then that's the start of the conversation then you have to go into your uh, your sales cadences your sales processes or whatever you're calling them to then convert that opportunity into a closed one um closed one cell and of course one social networks that is where one uh, starts and it's where actually the easiest place is for everybody to start which is primarily linkedin to understand what your referral network could be. Because yes, I accept that just because somebody has a connection on LinkedIn, you have no idea how strong that connection uh, is. But a simple way to do this is just go to the search bar, type in the job title that you sell to, go to all filters, click on second degree, then look for the industries, search for the industry verticals that you sell uh, into. It could well be geography. Now on free LinkedIn, the filters are pretty decent to start to get to that granular. Hit apply. That then is your referral opportunity straight out of the gate. And even if only one person can facilitate one genuine referral opportunity, that's one more referral than you had five minutes ago. Right, right. Well, and you can you could even turn that into goals with different um, yeah. goals by the different type of person on your team. Like as an example, maybe you we say, hey, everybody in customer success, the goal is you know one referral every six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, salespeople, maybe it's uh, you know two referrals a month. Or yep. something, and then build build a strategy around that. But definitely build out KPIs that uh, the team can work to and add to a. I, I I'm just a big believer in a sales playbook because it tells people what to do on a regular basis, 
and you could build in your KPIs accordingly. I believe this goes beyond the sales and customer service. So if you sell to CFOs, make sure you are connected to all of your finance team because it's highly likely that your finance team are going to be connected to other finance professionals right. in their network because that's what they have done. If you sell to CMOs, go and connect to all your marketing team. If you sell to um, <clears throat> HR function, go and connect to all of your HR, your HR team. So this then actually goes much further to than just the the sales and marketing world if you if you will this actually become mm -hmm. the company culture and then this then needs to be driven from the top so the next layer on that if you are the managing director ceo leadership vp what have you a have you connected to your sales teams and if not why not because if you've cultivated your network over 15 20 years which is typically the tenure for most senior leaders where they are in the um, uh, in in their roles is the nature of the beast, right? In terms mm -hmm. of you've been in business that long, your network then is going to be pretty powerful, I would uh, suggest. Assuming the behavior you've used LinkedIn as a Rolodex, which is how we used to do it in the past, it's just a way to connect and manage our first degree connections. But those first degree connections that you built up over time, even if you haven't spoken to them in twelve. 24, 36 months, they may now well be in senior or probably will be mm -hmm. in senior decision-making positions that could help someone in your sales team if they're connected to you on LinkedIn and then they do their search X, Y, Z. Oh my goodness, the CEOs, CFOs, CMOs, CTOs, CHRO or equivalent, you are connected to an organization that we're trying to unlock. Could you help us facilitate an introduction. So this playbook goes much broader for me than the typical sales playbook, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That um, oh, I had a question there that when you were talking, I didn't want to interrupt. Um, oh, here's a question: uh, If it's somebody you're there, the first connection uh, in your network that is connected to an ideal customer. Mm -hmm. uh, an ideal prospect. Um, you haven't talked to them in four or five years, which is very possible with so many people yeah. in the way that they've used in eight years, nine years. You know, we used, as you said, we've used LinkedIn as a Rolodex. So you're connected, but it, it's meant nothing yeah. for a long time. What, what should teams consider other activities or actions uh, before they, they reach out and ask for that? Is there clean up your profile, start publishing content, make sure that you're more active in comments, or do you think any of that really matters when you're reaching out to an existing network for a referral? Bluntly, no, if I'm honest, because if that um, relationship is there, then the fact that that person is making that, that trusted relationship is making that referral that individual that is being referred to will trust the person, the, the middle person, if you will, going, well, Brandon wouldn't be referring someone to Alex if Brandon didn't think the person that Alex was that was referring to Alex was a good person because I trust Brandon, therefore I trust Brandon's judgment to make that um, uh, referral. I always give the individual um, an out in terms of, hey, Brandon, I can see you're connected to X, Y, Z. Um, this is what I'd like to go and talk to them talk to them about. 
do you feel comfortable in making an introduction? If not, no worries. If it's a yes, brilliant, you're off to the uh, off to the races. If it's a no, then yes, the next kind of play is, and of course this is a slightly longer term play. Is then you go and find their profile, you click follow, and you click the you click the alarm bell. <clears throat> now, of course, that person may not be ever publishing any. Um, content but at least with the follow and clicking the alarm bell the follow is going to drop them a nudge going hey alex Lowe started following you of course at that point then ideally your profile does need to talk to them in a way which makes um uh, which makes sense and of course then the next step is if they can see that you have published interesting content and interesting insights that then tweaks their uh, curiosity to maybe look at your profile and so on, then yes, that all comes into um, into play. But from my perspective, from a salesperson's viewpoint, this is where I see kind of social selling is now evolving into or digital selling is evolving into. It is one of many routes to a, a conversation with somebody. And this is about how do I find the shortest route to a conversation, i.e. a human conversation, either like we're doing now in the virtual capacity or in-person kind of face-to-face conversation. Once that conversation has happened, how are then you using all of the tools available to you to start to then build that that cadence and that process to move that that deal cycle um, along? Yeah, I get that. I think for me, I always, I always feel like if it's somebody I haven't spoken to in a while, X amount of time and each, each relationship, I think there's kind of a gut instinct on, you know, how good the relationship was at the time to how much time has gone since I've talked to them to whether I feel comfortable just picking up a phone or sending them a message and asking for something versus let me, let me kind of reintroduce myself in a subtle way to try and uh, create that familiarity before I ask. But I like, I like what you're saying. It's the going the the route of least resistance or the, the, the quickest route to it. And if it's a no, then you could back up and start over. Exactly. You know, I've got a recent example of this with, you know, working with a consulting firm where uh, said individual hadn't spoken to the CIO of a public sector, um, uh, it was the NHS within the UK. He hadn't spoken to him for three years, and um, he was concerned about. He had an idea because there were things happening within it, within uh, this particular NHS trust. Genuine idea based on you know, legislation that was actually happening. So things have to uh, happen. And you know, this person wasn't a salesperson. He was a, a consultant who'd come from the uh, from the NHS in his previous life. And you know, to your point, was kind of really worried around the what. Well, what if I, if I send this person a message or an email? And they don't respond. And my reply was, what if, if they do respond and then right, you get a going? So what's the worst that can happen? You don't get a response. And that could be any number of things. They don't really use LinkedIn. LinkedIn messages get buried. They see it. They don't respond straight away. Then they forget to respond because, you know, we're all busy in terms of what have you. So fair play to this individual. He did it. And that has turned into a five million pound opportunity. But if he allowed the what if to take yeah, control yeah. of the situation by saying, um, I'm not going to send this because what if this person doesn't respond? Mm-hmm. Now, this is a very different viewpoint to reaching out to somebody net cold. <laughs> You've never, ever had sure, a, um, yeah. a relationship with. And I also 
fully respect that there are people, and I would say there are people I'm connected to on LinkedIn. I have absolutely no idea how or why I'm connected to them. However, if somebody reached out to me to say, hey, Alex, I can see you're connected to that person. Would you be happy to see if I can facilitate an instruction? I say, you know what? I'm happy to give it a go. I have no idea why they're in my network, no idea who they are, but if you think that you can help them, it's no impact on me by reaching out for that ask, if you will, for those listening, yeah. I'm doing inverted commas around my head. Because again, what's the worst that can happen? They go, who the hell is Alex Lowe? No, versus mm-hmm. I'm connected to Alex Lowe. I can't remember I'm connected to Alex Lowe. He may know why I'm connected to Alex Lowe. Therefore, I'm going to give him a little bit more time of day. Now, I have the advantages, as do you, Brandon, that if somebody looks at um, my profile or your profile, the chances are, that, and this is going to sound extraordinarily um, arrogant, but our profiles are content rich in terms of what we do, how we help people and so on. Therefore, they may go, okay, I may want to, t- I may, I may want to talk to Alex in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, what have you, but it all comes back to, it, it, it's using the, the data points that are available to you to find that shortest route to a conversation. The key thing about social selling is not the selling bit, you are never, ever selling over social. It's about creating those connections, creating that narrative, but find that outbound short route to a conversation with someone, which if it can be a referral, either a referral from a colleague of yours within the, within the organization that you work for, a referral from any of your trusted, um, uh, your, your trusted network, or you've identified the person that you want to go and talk to through LinkedIn, and this is more if you're taking an account-based marketing approach and you're already working with a large organization, you're trying to do the, the land and expand or cross-sell, you've identified the personal LinkedIn you want to go and talk to. You then take that back into who you believe to be your strongest trusted relationship at the same organization. And you say to them, hey, Mr. or Mrs. CMO, um, we now would like to go and talk to the CHRO. It's not me, but here's my colleague. Would you be comfortable in facilitating that introduction to the CHRO? Because we want to go and talk about people and change or an HR system, et cetera. That in itself mm-hmm. for me is also a really powerful litmus test in terms of how strong your perceived relationship with is with your existing client. Because if it's as strong as you perceive it to be, then the CMO should be, yeah, Absolutely no problems at all. Brandon, I trust you implicitly because you're doing an awesome job for me. More than happy to introduce you to the um, uh, the, CR, the CHRO. Yeah, that's, that's all really good. And I think um, what I would encourage people to take away from what Alex just shared is it's that, you know, the most direct route to getting a conversation started with your ideal prospect. So let's shift gears a little bit. Um, Outside of referrals, when it comes to prospecting, when it comes to filling pipeline, and as I, the way I like to say it is um, the activities involved with creating that first conversation with a prospect. Uh, there's lots of ways that, that companies are doing that from the cold call to the cold emails and face-to-face and events and all that. And of course, we have this social tool at our uh, disposal now. Um, what are your, what are your recommendations? What should people be looking to do um, using social or any other digital virtual tools um, moving into twenty twenty three? 
I think if we stick with LinkedIn, because um, I always talk about fish where the fish are. So if your fish are on TikTok, be on TikTok. If they're on Twitter, on Twitter. Be, if they're on Insta, be on Insta. If they're on all these platforms, be on all these platforms. The chances are most of your audience is going to be B2B. So LinkedIn is the place for um, B2B. What is absolutely evident at the moment is that conversation is king. So even if your profile is not you know, buttoned down in terms of a perfect profile mm. from a social selling perspective, and let's be clear, I don't believe my profile is that good. I'm always, always changing it. I feel the narrative in terms of what needs to be done, but I've never, ever won or lost a piece of business by someone saying, hey, your LinkedIn profile is um, is amazing. We must talk to you. We must have a um, conversation. It's an important anchor point for sure. Where the conversations have started is the, um, the narrative that I push out on LinkedIn and other social platforms in terms of publishing content, which talks to my intended audience, but um, I use that god awful term, but adds value. By adding values, actually, it's actually actionable insights that people can take away and implement. And it's actually that's actually really useful. That's actually helped me think differently about this platform. That's actually given me something I can start doing today. But it feels really hard. So you know what? I'm going to pick up the phone to Alex and have a conversation with him because. He feels like somebody that can um, uh, that that can help. Again, content creation is 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 time consuming. I understand and accept and respect that. Notwithstanding the 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 uh, the conversation this week around Chat GPT and generative AI and all that kind of stuff. So the next piece is if you feel that posting kind of value add content is too time consuming, but it's time well spent. The easiest thing you can then start to do is get into the conversation with your prospects. So go and find the HR leads, the CMO leads, the CEOs, the CFO, the CIO, all the next level down, whoever. Go and find the, the conversations, the, find the ones that are um, posting content and where appropriate, get into their field of view. Go and start to like and comment on their, on their posts so you start to pop up <laughs> in their field. Oh, I've never heard of Alex Lowe, either at Beyond Sales or global corporate organization. It doesn't matter whether you're an independent or work for a global organization. It's still that one-to-one -one, um, one -one conversation. Yeah. Then it's around how do you then start to convert that, which could well be a multi-touch approach. It could well be a multi-touch approach because each, each industry is different and each approach is different and again you can look at varying reports from varying consulting firms and, and and analysts and one week they'll be saying one one way of outreach work based on x thousands of surveys the next week it's the next different way of outreach works so this isn't an and or you should do all or nothing it's all additive to everything that you're that you're doing but certainly what i've seen over the last 12 months and continues to be i believe to be true is that conversation point so start with comments because that's the least time consuming and the easiest thing to do because you all have something to say you all have knowledge um and insight then the next step is posting and creating conversation around what it is that you do and what it is that you solve and i'm not talking about pushing the corporate message i'm talking about pushing the corporate message, but pushing it through your viewpoint, pushing it through, hey, you know, this week you had a conversation with the CMO. These are the top three problems they, they were facing. What do you think? You're talking, if you're cold calling, for example, 
then you are talking to people every single day and having conversations and having the pushback. Yeah. If you're in a deal cycle or a deal process, you're going to be having the, 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 the ebb and the flow of that, the concerns and the questions. So you've got this insight. You can just play that back into your audience, not calling out the individuals or organizations that you're talking to, but the narrative in the round, and that will then start to draw other like-minded people that go, well, I'm a CMO. I also feel the same thing. Brandon is talking about the same things that I'm feeling. You know what? I might send Brandon a connection request to go, hey, I saw that. Can we have a conversation? Because actually I've got the same challenge and I believe you might be able to help me. Yeah, that's good. And I like to say, I mean, I'm a, I'm a systems thinker. And so I think when I've got a sales team, it's got to be like, here's the process. And one of the systems I like to uh, teach people and to, to do exactly what you said when it comes to creating content or even commenting is jot down the notes from the conversations you are having. Write down a question they asked and then reshare that and say, you know, here's two or three points that I think are important about it. What do you think? Or take a comment, like you said, it's talking to a CMO. Here's the problem that they're having or a CMO in XYZ space. Here's the challenge that they're having. Here's two or three points that we discussed. What do you think? I mean, it's if without a system, this is just my system thinking brain, without a system, it's too easy to sit in front of your computer and go, ah, what do I write? What do I post? And that's where creating content takes forever because you got to figure it out. But just, man, recall conversations, jot down notes while you're on a conversation, start thinking in terms of, I need to produce content based on this conversation. What's it going to be? And I think for everybody listening, that's just a really easy way to move from being a infrequent publishing of content to a consistent content publisher. And I, I, I agree. If we look at social selling and it's rawest, most basic process, if you want a system, it's your, uh, your personal brand, which is your profile. It's your, it's your profile and the content that you publish. It's your, um, your network. And then it, it is content overall, which is then what you publish and your, uh, your comments. The three of those comments. together are, that is social selling in its, in its simplest um, form. How we all engage with social will actually vary. Um, I always talk to it, talk to it being a two minute a day exercise during the course of the day when you have dead time, when you're waiting for someone to, you know, if you are cold calling and you're waiting for the, you know, you've got a power assisted dialer, cool. While it's churning through those numbers, you've got 30 seconds to drop a quick comment. So have LinkedIn live up, what have you. If you're sitting there, you know, drafting an, uh, an email for your email cadence to put into your outreaches or sales lots or what have you, fine. Have LinkedIn to think about can I use that same content that's going in the email um, as a post? If you're on an all-hands mm. call, which we all sit there, everyone's listening to someone drone about something that you're not really interested in, spend that half an hour to engage in conversation on, yeah. on, um, uh, on LinkedIn. But you know, if you're fortunate enough to have a gong or a refract or any of these call recording um, software platforms which are used for coaching, the content in that is absolute Absolutely. gold. It's gold dust, which I would be going, gimme, gimme, gimme. What's the what's the AI in is using in terms of what are the trends? What are we seeing out? There, there is 
a um, a content strategy. And for goodness sake, if we look at this this week in terms of OpenAI and ChatGPT, and that's it's an interesting debate, this right? But you could chuck a bunch of that stuff in into it and go turn this into ten social media posts for LinkedIn in the tone of the talks to a CEO or in the tone of Gen Z or the talks in this way and so on. I've, I've experimented yeah. and it will create 10, 15, 20 pieces of content. You can now schedule posts on LinkedIn natively. So find 10 minutes in a day to go copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, schedule, 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 schedule. That's done, right? It's not like when we started this out probably eight, nine years ago, Brandon, where none of this technology existed. <laughs> we had to, to really work to it. Now, that brings yeah. other challenges and risks with it. But in, in the modern yeah. world that we have found ourselves in the last week in content creation and generation, there's getting pretty close to being no excuses notwithstanding the guardrails or the rules of engagement that an organization might have in place around posting on social media, but they're probably archaic, probably need to be challenged. Um, separate conversation, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think, you know, for everybody listening, the reason I know that it's real easy to sit in your computer and go, uh, what do I write? It's because I did that for years. <laughs> you know, I did that trying to like, I know I need to do this. I need it. And too often it happens is what happens is you go, what do I, what do I do? What do I do? And then you wait two, three minutes, whatever. And then you go do something else. You go notes. And at the end of the day, you go, I oh, forget it. And then two weeks, three weeks, a month go by and you realize I've done nothing. So I think whether it's the AI and you and I have talked about this and we're, we're kind of quietly building a tool in the back end that does something very similar to what uh, Alex talked about of taking recorded conversations and converting those into content that is good for social, it's good for email, it's good for blogs, it's good for whatever and done in a very efficient manner. But uh, yeah, so I think summarize us as we're coming up to, to the end of time, Alex. Um, summarize for a, a CRO, a sales leader, a CEO right now. What are the, what are the two or three key things they should consider uh, moving into 2023? I, I think data is, is an obvious one. I think any platforms that help you understand your relationship capital and your relationship data are going to become really, really important in organizations that embrace those. So from a relationship capital perspective, you've got sales insights with Microsoft. If you're on Microsoft CRM, sales has got the equivalent. You've got um, Interhive as, an, as, a, as a brilliant platform. You've got Ebster, which looks that looks at the what's happening right now within an organization, across an organization. Sales Navigator for me is the least understood, but the most powerful LinkedIn lead generation tool on the planet by a country mile, when you have an understanding of what your intended outcomes you're trying to achieve. If you're an organization of scale, then TeamLink and TeamLink Extend, again, is hugely powerful to unlock those um, referral opportunities. Outside of that, there will be people within your sales team who are really good at this. So allow them to go and do it. There'll be people in your sales team who don't want to do it and probably are really, really good cold callers or really good at writing email scripts. So it's look at what are the powers across all of your sales capabilities and point the people good. who are really good at what they do, but get them to work as a, um, as a collective, if you will, 
to achieve that on uh, that same uh, that same end goal. But for me, I think 2023, those that can really unlock the power of their relationship capital and their relationship data, which is very straightforward to do. Yes, there is a cost associated to it. But go back to the point that I was making at the beginning. If each one of your employees, and I mean, mm-hmm. every single one of your employees could generate one bona fide referral opportunity for your sales team, times that by your average contract value, average order value, I imagine that would get the finance director's attention. Yeah, for sure. Alex, as usual, uh, thank you so much for for taking time and and sharing with us your uh, from your experience and what you see coming in the future. Uh, for anybody that's listening, uh, how's the best way for them to connect with you? Obviously, LinkedIn, but uh, how, how do you want people to to be able to find I you? Find me, find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM saying you were listening to uh, listening to this, um, or find me on Insta or TikTok or Twitter or Facebook. But LinkedIn probably for most of your audience. Find me on LinkedIn. Drop me a DM. Mention social selling for uh, for newbies and brand, and I'm always happy to chat. Awesome. Well, we'll get you back for uh, for a third, I'm sure. And so for everybody listening, hey, thanks so much for uh, paying attention to Social Selling for Newbies. Uh, Tom Burton and Carson Hetty, my, my co-hosts, are unable to be here as we're coming into the end of the year. I think final travel and busy schedules are just... Uh, um, going to get in the way, but that's why there's three of us that host. And at any given time, there's a guarantee at least one of us is going to be able to make it, even if he's sitting in his car as I am today. So, uh, if you're, if you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate you, please, um, you know, give us a review. If you're finding this valuable, share us with your friends and for everybody here that's on LinkedIn, uh, go find our podcast as well. We, we get the data every week and we've been getting, we've been growing, we've been getting more downloads and, um, and uh, it's been exciting to see, but it's more exciting than anything. It's just so many people coming to us going, hey, we, we need to start taking this serious. Where do we start? And we just try to bring you great voices from all around the world that are doing some really good things inside of social or digital or virtual selling. So, uh, Alex Lowe, thanks again so much. I'm going to give you the final words before we sign off. What do you have? What do you have for us? Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. Let's hope 2023. Is a little bit better than 2022. I'm not sure. But happy Christmas. Happy New Year. Perfect. (laughs) Excellent. All right, Alex. Thank you, everybody. And have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time on Social Selling for Newbies. Hey, Tom Burton here. And I wanted to personally thank you for listening or watching to this episode of Social Selling for Newbies. And I really hope you found it super valuable. If you enjoyed or found value in this show, please share it with your friends and colleagues and help expand Newbie Nation. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast outlet. And please also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Finally, if you'd like to join our VIP list and get first access to upcoming webinars, events, free training opportunities, and access to special content, please go to www.newbievip.com slash sign up and join our VIP list. Thank you again. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode.